0: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Was that a top 10 Vikings gut punch regular season loss of all time?
1: Might have been. Hey, this is Arif Assad from the wide left Substack.
2: I am prepared for the Swifty football future. Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman. Are we sure Keenan Allen wasn't playing on rookie mode yesterday and everyone else was playing on All Madden? Someone check his settings, please.
3: And I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings in the Swifty Football Revolution. Already won me a parlay. Let's go. We do have a parlay winner.
0: Something positive to talk about on today's Minnesota football party.
1: Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out.
0: Welcome in. A new week on the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Vikings are 0-3. We are going to wallow in that today with the four of us. Myself, Sam Ekstrom, Luke Inman, Arif Hasan, and Luke Braun. The Minnesota Vikings lose a brutal kick in the midsection. Take your breath away. Rip your heart out. 28-24 to the Los Angeles Chargers. So we're obviously going to dive very deeply on that. I'm even going to put out my top 10 gut punch losses of the last 25 years and see if this one makes the list. Why aren't the Blitzes working? Why are they carving the Vikings apart when they bring pressure? What were the dumbest plays to happen yesterday? All of that on today's Minnesota Football Party, which is brought to you by FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Make every moment more. Go to fanduel.com slash locked to get started. And for more of this type of content, please subscribe on YouTube on lockdown sports, Minnesota. We would appreciate that you get not only this show Mondays and Thursdays, you get the Ron Johnson show and all the postcasts with Mr. Postcast himself, Luke Inman hosting those programs. Yesterday's postcast was unbelievably lively. If you want to <laughs> go back and watch that on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Also, subscribe to the audio stuff. Uh, this show is on Lockdown Vikings feed. Other content, including the postcasts, on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota audio feed, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that was brutal yesterday. That really hurt. That was a visceral loss. 28-24. Luke Inman, give me the first word. What What was the dumbest part of that loss? That, that really stunk.
2: Yeah, that one hurts, man. I know we're going to get into like the most frustrating plays and everything else. Yeah. Obviously, the first two that you circle though, Evans drops an interception. Uh, I think that trumps everything turning into a touchdown. Like, that's not like luck regression at this point. This is like straight. It's not like we went from, oh, we had so much luck last year to like now it's just like neutral. We're not getting good luck. That's such bad luck at that point, too. And I I also, the the red zone opportunities really stick out. When I just wake up this morning, I kind of reflect, the dust settles, I look back, first and goal at the three. Nothing. First and goal at the three. Again, three points first and goal at the six. Nothing. You end up with three points out of those three opportunities. That was obviously frustrating. I know we'll pick apart the last play of the game, that sequence as well, but just it wasn't one thing, Sam, man. I mean, your offense puts up what, like 470, 480 yards. Um, you know, the turnover regression started to happen a little bit. It wasn't just one thing, though, and I think that's what's frustrating. It's hard to put your your finger on just one thing. If you fix this, Things will look a lot different. Clearly, though, we know this isn't as bad of a football team as the record suggests.
0: Yeah, same story after week three as it was after week two. Don't turn it over and block a little better, and you're a winning football team. But Arif, the Vikings are not. They are 0-3. Tell us how stupid
1: it was for you. Uh, I mean, very stupid. (laughs) It's... (laughs) It, well it's, it's it's really annoying because it's like the Vikings are such a difficult team to cover because for every football fan, this is not unique to the Vikings fan base, but for every football fan, results, they don't just speak louder than process, they shout, right? They yell at you more than you can in any discussion of process. So for example on that Evans touchdown/ almost pick, right? There were three plays that occurred in the end zone or near the end zone where a defensive back gets their hands on the ball and tips it. Two out of those three plays ended up in the hands of Chargers. One of them ended up in the ground. The other one, of course, was the interception uh, off of TJ Hawkinson's hands. And the one that ended up in the ground was the near touchdown to Jordan Addison, right? All of them had a defensive player at some point touch that ball and tip it up into the air. Now the Hawkinson one, that was the second of three touches, but you understand, right? Like that um, one of like, they resulted in only negative Vikings plays, despite the fact that as soon as the ball gets tipped up in the air, it, I mean, it is technically, I think, a little bit more of a defensive play than an offensive play, but still, it is anybody's ball, but it happened to only be the Chargers' ball, right? Like, it's just stuff like that that gets very frustrating, and it's not as if the Vikings were screwed by the officials, right? They got helped by some weird offensive pass interference penalties. They got helped by the forward progress ruling on the Madison fumble. I'm not saying they didn't get hurt by the officials at some points. They certainly did, but it's not as if you could say, hey, if the officials didn't, you know, didn't they like first
0: downs via penalty and the chargers had zero
1: yeah yeah i can't complete yeah That's- yeah so it's like it's like it's just it's just annoying because like everything that occurred happened as a result of the vikings play which is not the same as it not being a luck-based outcome because essentially it is
2: right but that doesn't mean you can't be like hey, you got to catch that ball Right, like that's Yeah. That's how, like, how about the? How about second quarter, fourth and goal at the one. Herbert goes play action fake. Got a little time to sit back, pump fake. You got Jordan Hicks plastered all over Parm, the oh, tight end. Just like throws yeah. it and anyways because bull, the Bullard's arm,
0: someone's arm was up too that yeah. almost knocked that down at the line. Right, straight up fifty fifty ball, but yeah, it's, it's like, well, fourth down, yeah. I got
2: to throw it. Why not just throw it anyways? Uh, there there.
1: Right, right over Jordan Hicks. Like just like, and you saw Donald Parham on the side, the sideline. He was just like, I don't know. I just put my hands up. And there was I don't know, there. man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was just out like, of that happen? I blacked out, dude. What
0: happened? Honestly, it's the same type of catch Hawkinson needed to make at the end. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same play. And it yeah, was a great throw by after watching it back. Yes, I think it was a great it throw, was by a throw by.
1: Phenomenal throw like, it was honestly one of his best throws because he was kind of off all game. That throw that resulted in the interception was one, one of his best throws of the game. It was phenomenal.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. But he threw it a little too hard, though, guys. Come on. <laughs> um Are we are we 1,000% positive just the way his, his momentum was bringing him? It looked like it was going to be close if he was in or not. And I was worried that if he would have caught that, just like the Josh Oliver touchdown catch there where it was like, okay, was he in for sure? Are you guys a hundred thousand percent sure that he would have been in? And instead, uh, you know, maybe some people were worried that, like, uh-oh, if it was that close, then the clock would have drained, and then the clock thing would have been an even bigger issue. Yeah. I think after the game, uh, I mean, the officials hard would have stopped like, to measure. Yeah, hard to
1: care. I think yeah.
3: he, hard to like. Well, he didn't though. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but
1: yeah, I, I think I think it would have been. Fine. I think it would have been right. in. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think at that point the officials do like stop the clock and attempt to measure because it's in the final yeah. two minutes so of the officials can just
3: and they actually would then run ten seconds, wouldn't they? Because we didn't have any timeouts. Right. Oh yeah, oh, right. yeah, that's yeah how yeah, the Lions lost and that's what that's I'm saying. That's how we would lose the game. That that, that, would been, that, that would have been
2: more be that might be what the Vikings were. That's why I bring it up. I was not I mean I, I think sure. I think
1: he was, but that would have been a much funnier way to lose. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
3: Um here's the one yeah. that gets me. Uh first quarter TJ Hawkinson catches a third down pass over the middle of the field, just gets the ball taken away from him by a defensive back. Can this stop happening? Holy crap. That was crazy. <laughs> First Osborne. Osborne. No as Hawkinson. I, as I, I don't want to give Osborne too much slack on that, because it's still like a bad play. That thing hit you in the numbers, and a D-back ended up with it. Um, on the arm, but yeah. But uh, well inside the frame, right? Like, that was fun. You catch that. Uh, but, <laughs> but like... Hawkinson had a minute like he had time to like actually tuck it get both arms on it and you still got that thing taken away from you like when you get the ball taken from you like i remember when cam dancer did that to amir smith marset last year you got to just like sit down for a quarter like that's not okay to have a defender do that to you a d-back do that to you when you're a tight end come on dude it's like getting trucked by the quarterback
1: like dog yeah, it's not as if it, you got it got punched out as you were going down the he just like ripped it out. Like he just took it. Like, man. That, that he got Gilman muscled
3: that bad. Like Gilman it, was it just, so
1: physical in that game. This is to true, use yeah. a,
3: a super old and tired cliche in all three of the Vikings games, the other team has just wanted the ball more. They just wanted more, and the Vikings yeah. are all three have some intensity. I don't know.
0: Are are you guys like audible yell like when the ball is floating through the air about to be intercepted are you guys like audibly yelling at the TV in those moments or are you more like is like you're yelling inside your soul?
1: I mean, it, regardless, let it out? Of, regardless of who the quarterback is, if it's obvious to me from the go that that is a very interceptable pass, I will be yelling. Like <laughs> like when- like when when like when, when, the... when uh when Jalen Hurts threw the ball to uh to was it Theo Jackson who picked it up? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "That's getting picked." What are you doing? And then he picks it, and I'm like, "You had oh enough time God. to say
3: that that whole line as it was
0: in the air?"
1: Yeah, uh, right,
3: right. <laughs> that long, right. yeah. <laughs> yes. When the ball's so, on the ground, I've learned I picked up a habit from my dad, who I think still has it from his playing days, where he'll go ball. <laughs> ball, ball, see ball get ball. That's what you gotta yell it, right? When the ball's on the ground you go, ball, ball, ball so yeah. everybody ball, knows ball ball. Ball, ball, ball ball. Yeah, so I think I've picked that up because whenever yeah. I see I it yell, on the, ground, I yells, which has happened running. a lot. uh I, I just instinctively it just like leaps out of me. <laughs> like ball. Mm-hmm. I'm like sitting alone.
0: What was the fumble recovery percentage in this one? like one out of five?
1: Yeah, so. this this one's a little bit weird because two of them, it's not as if the Vikings had any reasonable chance to recover, right? One was the strip sack of, yeah. of Justin Herbert, uh, where the only player that was reasonably close was Hunter himself, and he was kind of getting carried away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one was a ball that just basically just went out of bounds. And so it's like, why, why would we even count that as a fumble? So, yeah, it was a 20% fumble recovery rate from the Vikings. Like, yeah. At the same time, it's not as if they got unlucky because, again, Alexander Madison should have been called uh, as someone who had fumbled it. So, in reality, it was one of four, essentially, right? And that sucks still, again. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: And those Madison fumbles that didn't count, it doesn't make me feel any better. It, yeah. About I don't Alexander feel great Madison. about
3: it. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I still think that you, you got to start putting that on the resume under Madison's weaknesses does not hang and on to the
2: as, ball. As we've yeah, learned, I, we can't bank, bank on, like, the officiating in the booth to, like, bail us out every time. Not that it was a bailout, but you know what I mean. Like, Right, the- yeah.
1: Well, someone was like, Madison hasn't fumbled this game. And I was like, that is not the point. Right? you kidding right.
2: me, man? Right.
1: Like, if, if the discussion is like, are, are we worried about his ball security? The answer is yes. The fact that I think it was two, right, because the other one, he was, he was, on the, he was definitely down, right, but the ball squirts out and you're just like, come, come on we can't we can't even let it be ambiguous right like don't let the refs you know make the the decision for you right so yeah yeah he's down one
3: last week that he got away with because he was technically down but he was but it was like bang bang too right
1: like yeah and it's like this guy this year might fumble more than dalvin cook
2: does right and cook is not you know he does not hold on to the ball (sighs) right that's crazy to think about wow um, in, so is KOC just on Amazon this morning, just looking up new contraptions to hold onto the ball this week in practice, <laughs> no, no, or what? Like they gave Tom Pellicero
3: the little poker thing to do a bit right. on the sideline, and then fumbled on like the second drive. It's or like, is he going it's...
2: through that stress and frustration of like, dude, where's the shipping package and label? Uh, I gotta send this back, but like nobody yeah, ever right? sends their packages back to Amazon. It's like, well, just lost my money on that one.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the the final sequence. Um, reading all the quotes yesterday. I believe them when they say that there was trouble with the communication. Cousins looked like he was in consternation. I also believe them when they say that the correct play was run and executed correctly. I think it took way too much time. Like, that's my gripe with it is that they probably should have started, like, I'm okay if you're letting the clock run down. By all means, leave nothing on the clock. But that was a first down play. You have four cracks from the six. They did not leave enough time for four possible cracks. Well, so I would have. So
1: go even, ahead. Even so, they yep. said that. Um, yeah. They KFC had back. right. They said that they had determined that the amount of time it takes for them to spike the ball and the amount of time it takes for them to run that play typically the difference is like a couple of seconds. And the, and he wanted to quote steal a play, which I'm fine with. In fact, most of the time, I think I think teams spike the ball way too much right? Because those downs are important, Mm -hmm. even late in games, time and downs both matter. Right. And so he is attempting to get across, Hey, we can steal a play. It'll cost us a couple of seconds. But the thing is like, that's, that's like worth it at like 38 seconds left. Right. I think is, is kind of where we're at. Right. That's worth it. Right. But the problem is they run a play at 12 seconds. Right. And so, and so when he says it actually would have been better if the headset had gone out completely, like, Mm -hmm. That's a good point, right? Because you have you kick into your process for what happens when there's no communication at all. Like probably Cousins doesn't try to get the play and he just runs whatever, right? He probably doesn't clock it still. He probably just runs whatever. And it might take, again, another second or two to communicate that to everybody. But they have a process for communicating plays in the two minute without having to huddle. That is a normal, every team does that sort of thing. Also, Vikings fans should shut up. That's part of it. They should just shut up when the offense is on the field. I'm sorry it's a two-minute drill. I thought you meant generally. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, also. But like when the offense is like Peyton Manning does not have this problem, right? Like he had trained the Colts in Denver's audience to during a two-minute drill, shut up. And like that's some of that is just I mean, it's like 95, 98% on the Vikings, but like shut up. (laughs) <laughs> like, like that's like, that's like a little bit a part of like what happens when a team tells, uh, you know, the, the stadium, like what to do when the offense is on the field. So he like it, it sounded like there was a little bit of trouble with the headset itself. It sounded like there was a lot of problems navigating that plus the crowd noise and cousins for I mean, I don't think it was smart of him to actually say this, but when cousins said. You know, I've got the ability to do whatever I want. I just don't want to do it that often, right? He's like, I can do whatever I want, right? I, you know, that that's what happened—the quarterback sneak against the Buffalo Bills, right? Which is mm-hmm. a fourth and one that failed. Um, you know, I just I don't want to make it a habit of it, and it's like, make a habit of it. own the offense. Are you yeah. kidding me, man? Yeah, like what, yeah, you've you been in the mistake. league you for a what a decade, yeah. Yeah. like veteran leader, like no excuse. Yeah, you got to like, okay, give yourself at least three chances there. You you made you made a bad call, but it's like. That was 20 seconds of time when you had 38 seconds. Yeah.
3: I think there's something larger that kind of applies to the Vikings in a lot of facets with this, which is I don't know if you necessarily made the wrong decision, right? Oh, we have them on our heels. Let's see if we can get up to the line quick and like go get them. Oh, yeah, that was
1: those, yeah, one of the other reasons. Like, yeah,
3: I, okay, sure. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe that's worth a couple seconds to you. Look, I get it. You want to blitz half the time. It's who you are. It's what Brian Flores does. Okay, get better at it. Get better at getting at doing the no huddle. Get better at executing your your longer plays. Get better at at timing out your your drop back passes so that Cousins isn't holding the ball so long. He gets hit every play. Get better at it, Ben. Get better at blitzing so that you can actually get pressure. Like I don't know. I I feel like that isn't as useful. Like it's not as like some some secret key to fixing the Vikings that ever like get better. I know that's probably not the best advice, but like. I don't think that they necessarily need to overturn decisions that they have been making or change their process in a major way, but they just have to tighten everything up, get to the line and get a freaking play in, you know, and if, if cousins is going to, things
1: were hurrying in that moment, right? Like everybody was walking up to the lot, like, I was confused about that.
3: If like, if, if cousins needed to get a play in, all right, get the damn play in, you know, like get things communicated, get to the line quickly and do it. I, I remember thinking about that. I think it was 2021. It was the Clint Kubiak year. Cause they couldn't get to the line in time. And they took like a bunch of delay of game penalties and um, like a bunch of weird timeouts mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, this isn't a play calling issue. This is like a huddling issue. The Vikings found a way to be bad at huddling. And it feels like the same thing. Like you're not, it's not wrong to blitz a lot necessarily. That's a valid strategy. And you play off man coverage to cover up some of the thing. Like, sure. But get good at it then. You got yeah, pressure. Let, you got one sack
0: on it. Come on. Let, let's read the Seifert tweet thread because this is astonishing. Um, like absolutely mind boggling. And I just got to find it. Just got to find it. Here we go. Flores blitzed 82% of Chargers dropbacks. Second highest ever since ESPN began tracking 17 years ago. League average is 21%. Um, it's Herbert. funny, is that the
1: highest also occurred this week. Week Martindale against
2: uh no San <laughs> Fran, <Yeah>. um,
0: unbelievable. <laughs> Justin Herbert was 32 of 38 for 301 and three against the Blitz. Most completions, attempts, and yards versus Blitz ever. So that's insane. Um, and that's a huge problem and it's been a problem now for like the numbers are only going to get more skewed with the top blitz rate and one of the lowest pressure rates i haven't seen the pff numbers on total pressures but it, there's
1: no way that it's going to be good i thought they got pressure i thought they were fine in getting pressure pressure wasn't getting home and herbert they, was they doing a great the job
3: to navigating work quickly <laughs> yes. the,
2: which
1: the
3: chargers could do
2: and and yeah. that's like one part of the equation. I totally get that like they're going to the quick game, they're hitting Keenan on all these quick passes, you name it. Give some credit to like Justin Herbert is a stud that offense. Kellen Moore everybody. That's a really good offense. One of the best in the league. Uh, they're getting pressure but they're not affecting the quarterback. Like what did out of all those blitzes, how many times did Herbert get hit? Four? One sack? Um yeah, I mean, yeah, he got hit on like something like
1: 13%, but like the, the problem is, like, even when the Vikings got their hands on Herbert, he, like, wriggled out of it, right? Like, so um, the, the point of the blitzes and the pressures is to force them into a very confined set of plays that the Vikings are very familiar with, right? And on the screens, the Vikings did a phenomenal job. In the first half, Herbert averaged 2.9 yards per attempt on passes behind the line of scrimmage. That did not get substantially better up to, I think it was 4 uh, yards per attempt by the end of the game. The problem, of course, is that one of them turned into a double pass to Mike Williams, who we just learned, you know, towards ACL, which is very unfortunate. Um, But uh, Keenan Allen's, you know, double pass, uh, that's almost entirely on Byron Murphy. Um, That's not a product of blitzing too much, right? Because in that situation, very often, regardless of what play you have called, you're only going to have one guy on Mike Williams in that situation. And that's Byron Murphy. And he just did not. And I thought, honestly, despite the fact that Keenan Allen got like, 18 catches for 250 yards or whatever it was i think baron murphy was was all right like he wasn't great he had some pretty big mistakes but a lot of that was just like good play i wow <laughs> that was he got really beat very, on the very release hot take. a lot very yeah, hot take. I,
3: I i think he got beat on the release a lot and it led, led keenan allen to be open a lot but yeah you come in you made things out of phase you made things contested you made things hard but yeah like yeah, I i'm think. not keenan gonna allen gets a pretty big dub there
1: yeah, I'm not going to say that Murphy secretly had a great game, but I I don't think it was as bad as like 18 for 215, you know, suggests. Or the 49 yard, um, if you add in the 49 yard Mike Williams touchdown, which again, that was maybe Byron Murphy's worst play of the night, which is very unfortunate. But it's like the Mike Williams catch not catch that occurs at the, um, you know, where we don't have enough camera angles to determine if it's really like that's not a Byron Murphy play, right? Um. So, yeah, I I think that, like, for the most part, like, I'm not going to say 80% of the time or anything like that, but for the most part, the Blitzes were doing what they needed to do, and the Vikings were forcing them. Like, it wasn't a sack, but it was a three-yard play. You'll take that, right? Like, I don't have an issue with that. So most of the Blitzes were working, even if they weren't sacks, right? They just forced the the Chargers into these awkward, bad throws. They just turned in some really high-level um, you know, individual plays that that turned huge. Like, look, okay, so yeah, two hundred fifty yards. That's pretty bad. He averaged like less than ten yards a catch. Like, that's not no, a bad place to force a top. What was like eleven point nine? It was it was eighteen for two fifty. So yeah, you you it was it was uh almost uh, like ten yards a target It was like one twenty five yarder, right? That and that sucks. That was a great play, right? But a lot of those catches were, were not that great. Like, I know that he set the record for, like, 15-plus yard catches or whatever. I know that that's something that the coach But, like, most of the catches were not that meaningful. What I'm not saying that Keenan Allen secretly had a bad game. He had a phenomenal game, right? The Chargers definitely did a great job against the Vikings Blitz. My point is more, it's not a question of whether or not the Blitz necessarily went home the entire time. It's that most of the time, the Blitz did its job. The situations where the blitz did not do its job were catastrophic, right? But most of the time, the blitz did its job. I'm not like I don't think 80 percent is a reasonable blitz percentage, but I don't think that the Vikings have a bad scheme. I think it's just like Luke said, you just got to play. Bad way, not personnel. even that much Yeah, it's not yeah. even that much better. But you do <laughs> got the play Dean Lowry a of it all. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And,
2: and two to that point, like, but that's just Harrison like... Phillips
1: had a great game, by the way.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, had it, a lot of again. great games. Um, but that's just the definition of a blitz still, right? Like when it doesn't get home, when it doesn't do its job, it's usually catastrophic. Yeah. It's a chunk this play no matter what. Just at where minimum. we live. At minimum, it's just, it's yeah. It
3: just play. comes with the territory of
1: being
2: a team that a lot of like years, were,
1: one-on-ones, if I, if hard if situations like, for your one quarters, a half which is percent better they would have, they, the blitzes would have
3: been amazing. Yeah. Right. Which it, I think is feeding into like your Byron Murphy take where it's like, yeah, okay. He lost a lot, but it's maybe not concerning because he's on an Island all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's really hard to do. And if the blitz gets picked up corner on an Island is just not going to be able to cover this for that long. So if he, Justin Herbert gets time in the pocket, you're just going to find somebody and going in, This was just there were just always going to be games like this where they figure it out and then they find the counter and they put up 400 yards through the air. They're just it's part of it. And then there are going to be games where the offense totally crumbles and falls apart and they score seven points. And we're going to look at Brian Flores. What a genius. The volatility just kind of comes with the territory. And I think that's the best bet you have when you have people like Dean Lowry on your starting lineup just kind of eating up a roster spot. I just find it interesting that they they
0: chose I to double down
1: inactive.
3: against yeah. Herbert,
0: where and he's been a top ten QB. He's been good against by passer rating yeah. against pressure in his career. I just find it interesting that they chose to go the extra length from fifty percent to eighty percent in this particular matchup against a guy with elusiveness, with a rocket who absolutely uh, can pick you
2: apart, and he did. It, it was kind of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, though, too. There's like nine yeah. minutes left in the third quarter. third and 17. Don't quote me on those specifics. but nasty. You know what I'm talking God, about? Play, the one time yeah. they don't actually blitz. They send for, they show blitz, but they drop back. Herbert mm-hmm. rolls all the way over to the left, buys himself time. I think it was Andre Carter was like the one guy crashing down on him, finally giving him some pressure. But, yeah, he hits Keenan Allen right in between Jordan Hicks and Byron Murphy for 18 yards and a first down on third and 17. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I, I think it's more than okay to wake up today and be like, dude, Justin Herbert is an absolute stud. It was so fun watching that offense And Justin Jefferson, these two young guys in the NFL, play against each other yesterday. Okay, that one stung. But it's the body of work. Like, the blitz hasn't worked, not just yesterday. It, it didn't really work versus the Bucks or the Eagles. I think that's some of the frustration I'm hearing from some fans, like on Twitter and stuff, that it's like, it's not just we played Justin Herbert and they figured out a way – to combat the blitz and the pressure it's been all year. We haven't gotten home.
0: Yeah. Let's get a word in from FanDuel. We're going to talk about our FanDuel parlays in a little bit. I also want to reveal my top 10 regular season gut punch losses, and we'll see whether this Chargers game made the cut. Uh, But FanDuel has a wonderful promotion going on right now where you can bet $5 if you're a new customer and get 200 into your account in bonus bets, win or lose guaranteed. And there are hundreds of ways to wager on the NFL at FanDuel. In fact, you can click more wagers on every NFL game, and there are dozens of ways per game to wager on that individual game. Uh, Really, the possibilities are endless. So get in the action at America's number one sportsbook. Spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, alternate lines, alternate spreads, first touchdown scores. It's so much fun, and you can make the moment more at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn kick off the NFL season in style. We're already three weeks in, so join now while you still have a lot of time. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Appreciate everybody tuning in today. Our everydayers, thank you. Again, you can find our audio on the Lockdown Vikings feed. We're also partnered with the SiriusXM app. Check out the SXM app, Lockdown Sports Minnesota, for all of our shows. Um, all right, parlays in a bit, but I've got my top 10 Vikings regular season gut punches. We used to do a show called uh, Minnesota Sports Rankum. Luke and I, we're rolling that in now to this show, and we even have a produced open for it. This is exciting and very dramatic.
1: This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota,
2: and it starts
1: now.
3: Very Avengers. Don't you guys just want to go to battle now? Okay, we had the same. Yeah, Yeah, it's like damn.
1: Yeah. No. Now, now it just makes me not want to watch movies anymore. What are you talking about?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was a depressing exercise because I went through twenty-five years of Vikings football, and I do not even think that yesterday's game qualifies as a top ten gut. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, no shot. Now, this is my top ten. This goes back to '98 regular season only. Number one, I think, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it on the screen. Number one is Nate Poole back of the end zone against the Cardinals. Number two, Antonio Freeman in overtime. Oh, Matt yeah. Lambeau.
1: Oh, that's what Freeman is. I was like, you can't tell me that the the Josh, the Josh Freeman game against the Giants is a gut. <laughs> that's not a gut pun. No, that's <laughs> that funny. That though.
3: one is yeah. enjoyable to relive because of how yeah. funny
1: it is. Um, number three
0: is the in the Favre season climbing back at soldier field with a chance at the one seed. And they, they stage like a 20 point comeback, like 17 point comeback only to lose in overtime on a Peterson fumble and a Devin Aroma should do three, If I remember right. Say again.
3: Wasn't it like a bomb touchdown? To yeah, Devin it was, Aroma-shadu? it was like,
0: it was like Peterson fumble bears, get the ball first play bomb game over Cutler on a play action. Uh, number four, and this might be—I might actually, in retrospect, switch this a little lower. But Teddy Bridgewater strip sacked at Arizona when you had nobody oh, yeah. playing on
1: defense with Matt Khalil as yeah. Oh, you
0: had nobody on defense. You were in a game against one of the NFC's best teams, and Teddy Bridgewater got strip sacked.
2: Was that the driving. Thursday night game? Was that a Thursday Monday night? night. Prime right? Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But
1: yeah, uh, like they, they were so close to setting it because I well, they just needed a field goal, right? And they were just inside a field goal range, and Matt Clough gives up the pressure, leads to a strip. I remember that.
0: Yeah. No. No. We watched that together at Joe Sensor's Reef. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was fun, except the result. Uh, yeah. Number five, two parter, both games against Green Bay in 2004, where they lost dueling 34 to 31 walk offs, courtesy of Ryan Longwell. Those sucked. But one they, of them was they beat him in the wild card though. yeah beat him in the wild but card.
3: That goes that, that there's an interesting question about like does that still hurt because we know what happened eventually? And I think I guess you have to kind of take it take each thing as its own thing, huh? You
0: do have to account for I think what the team did because there are bad losses in lost seasons that just don't hit the same. Right? And that's part of why yesterday's does not make the top 10 because you're 0 3. Like if we look back on this season and they go 5 and 12, we're not really going to care what happened in week three. Uh, I'll complete the list here. Number six: Who remembers blowing a fifteen nothing lead in the home opener to Peyton Manning? I two, don't remember that. Two thousand four, two thousand seven or eight? No, I'm sorry, eight.
2: Two thousand eight, eight. Yeah. Oh, was that when they kicked like T Jack seven settled field for goals? five field yeah. goals? Yes. yes. Oh. Field goals. Yeah. I was at Defense that game.
0: Put on a show, and they, st- they And they lost a fourth quarter. 15-0 lead.
2: I was at that game with my dad. We just looked at each other. On <laughs> the last drive, like, it's Peyton Manning, dude. Like We already know what's going to happen. It's scripted. We already know. It's scripted. It's, scripted.
0: Um, it's number seven. 2020, no fans in the stands. Sunday night football at Seattle. The Madison yeah. decision on fourth and one. Wilson drives for the win. Cam Dantzler, what are you doing?
1: They had, a, they had like a two-score lead at that, in that game, too, at some point.
0: 13-0, right?
2: like I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah they so. were up big, then lost it, then came back, and then choked. 13, 2013, week two, uh the Bears beat them basically at the buzzer. In a game where I think you had a Patterson kickoff return and a Robison scoop and score. Like 31-30, to 30. awesome game.
2: Remember that one? I was at that game yeah. in Soldier. Man. Dang. Luke's been to a lot of week few yeah. games. Yeah, Yep. Patterson Where's took it? the opening kickoff to the house. It, yeah. it, it, was, it was electric. Yeah. That was a fun, wild back-and-forth game. Cutler, yeah, six, seven seconds left. Hit the tight end. Bennett? Martellus Bennett? Martellus Bennett. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that which, secretly, being garbed up and head-to-toe in Viking stuff in Soldier, I, I was secretly kind of glad they won, because I don't know if I would have got out of there alive. That place <laughs> was hostile, man. Especially up in the nosebleeds, not a lot of security going on. It was hostile. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bears were kind of an exciting offense at that point. That was the Alshon Jeffrey era. That's right. Uh, 19 Green Bay, climbing back from 21 nothing down. and then Cousins throws one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see to lose. Uh, The Kevin King interception? The Kevin King, I believe, yeah. we Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we did.
3: Yeah, Yankee.
0: Yeah, that was was awful. And then all the way back to 1999 at Kansas City when Randy Moss housed the punt return to tie the game, only to let the Chiefs go and walk it off on a field goal. And, And that's, again, a game that mattered a lot. Like some of these late season losses really hit um, when they hurt your playoff chances. Some of these were early in seasons that kind of like signaled what was to come,
1: but I don't think yesterday's game qualifies. Would anyone like to fight me on that? So I think um, if we're only talking about close games, yeah, this is a really good um, top 10, but I do think that the game where the Vikings were favored by like 18 points against the Bills Against you know the Josh Allen Bills way back right before Everson Griffin, you oh know, that, yeah, you that with, and that to me qualifies as a gut punch even though like they lost big and early right, but to me that's still a gut punch because the Vikings were
2: yeah um, the Bills were not the Bills that one has we know yet the Bills were yeah. still the, those those yeah. really bad Bills Josh yeah. Allen they, I mean yeah. they yeah. were like was, they won
3: like four games that year and, and yeah also, well, that, that
2: Bills
1: roster was one of the worst rosters I've ever seen it was like that it was garbage. year. Yeah. It, if you uh, like, if you remember that Josh Allen was bad that year, you take a look at that roster. The only good player on offense they had was like Deion Dawkins, right? That's mm. it. They didn't have any good receivers aside mm-hmm. from Dawkins. They didn't really have any good offensive linemen. They didn't have good running backs. They had Josh Allen, right? Because before they traded for Diggs, um, it was a bad roster. And the defense was almost as bad as that offense, just in terms of a roster. It, also, it had a player retire injury at injury halftime to, the week before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick game.
3: of
0: this.
2: Yeah, Josh, Josh Jay- Allen put like, Anthony Barr on inst- in the highlight reel multiple yeah. times yeah it still so pops me, up once or twice a year i still see that yeah right yeah.
1: so to me that's a bigger gut punch than half of the ones on that list even though it wasn't like a close game or a loss or anything like that also we got to remember that 2011 season with McNabb and ponder had four blown leads of double digits which i think is the most of any individual viking season I know 2014 has a number of them i know 1981 has a number of them but like oh god like 20... in recent history
0: 2021 alone I didn't even put I didn't put any of those on the list and they, they had, had the at Cincinnati in yeah at Arizona yeah. the Joseph miss at Detroit last play of the game and those are just the three worst of the season they had like three others yeah like and this one
1: open the season right if I'm remembering yeah yeah in the season with
3: blown yeah. lead overtime loss blown lead Miss kick loss.
2: How about the week? I think they were 0-2, the week three game versus the Browns. And uh, Josh Josh Gordon Gordon went off. They had a fake field goal goal for a touchdown. North Turner was just loving life back then for the Browns. Uh, That was a gut punch.
1: Also, uh, I think this is also in 2011. And I don't think it's on their list of, like, biggest blown leads. But the one against the Tim Tebow Broncos, like, because that went went into overtime and – they, bl- they blew tr-
0: um, a bigger lead against Detroit that same year, earlier
1: th- in the year, and lost. To no yeah, team. did that yeah they lost that one in overtime as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a year where they kept on, like, they, they kept on grabbing these big fourth, uh, first quarter leads and then just yeah. blowing them. And it took, like, a 28-0 lead against the Cardinals for them to manage to build a lead large enough not to blow. It. I remember that year. Yeah, that was crazy. And, and, and everyone watching was like, is 28-0 enough? Are they going to – is that enough? The first quarter was 28 now, and Viking fans were like, boy, yeah, this one's tight. I don't know,
2: man. We might be sweating this one out. <laughs> yeah, I don't this know, one's man.
1: tight. Yeah. but it, What was it, like a, a 26 or 23-point lead against the Lions? They they rally back to force overtime and then win in overtime? And you're just like, oh, man, I cannot believe we gave the Lions optimism. Wait a minute. The- How about the Ravens game? That, that The classic the, the last five, four six- minutes. Toby to me, Gayer that one's are... not a gut punch. I mean, that one's a close oh, game. Oh, I forgot about that. that one. Right, that's not a gut punch to me because it was pure entertainment. It like, <laughs> like they they sh- they shouldn't have gotten back as many times as they did. So it was like house money by the time they lost. At least to me, right? I was just like, wow, Patterson was going to throw the ball and he scrambles for like sixty odd yards in the snow. This rules more of this was at twenty thirteen. Yeah, that was people
3: awesome. mostly Dude, loved like
1: Like we lost some games. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I to me that was like a gut punch. It was like five lead changes in the fourth quarter in the snow. But it's just like. You that was to be more
2: entertaining it. than gut punch, for sure. No, I agree. It didn't with you. mean um, a lot because they were really bad. That's true, that, that's true which, too. Yeah, it didn't mean a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it was, it was, a, it was like. a lost season, anyways, for sure. Um, you, Can I throw one just, out? Just thinking of the Ravens, just real quick Sam mentioned that 01 season where they started a uh, loss against the Bengals, uh, the misgrape Joseph kick at Arizona. They also lost to the Ravens, I think it was week six, week seven, in overtime as well, 34-31. That was a fun game as well. Not a gut punch, yeah. but it just got me thinking about the Ravens loss. Lost
3: a 14-point lead in that game, too. That's right. Ron? Can I can I throw out a, a vintage one from before your cutoff? Yes. How about 1995? Bengals? Uh,
1: Patriots? No. Rough that Orient. we came up with two different ones, and that wasn't either of the ones <laughs> we came up with. <laughs> I might have the year Love wrong. Love the Denny era.
3: Uh, that was an 8-8 year, the only, outside of the year he got fired, the only Denny year where they didn't make the playoffs. And it came down to Week 16 against San Francisco. They fall down 27-10. to 10. They fall into a 17-point hole, and they battle all the way back, tying the game up in the third quarter. And then uh, they the, the 49ers kick a field goal. The 49ers score a touchdown. They fall behind again. And the Vikings are again trying to make a comeback. They kick a field goal, bring it to within one score. The 49ers get a uh get the ball back and then go on a 17-play drive to kill the clock. thwarting
2: the comeback effort and eliminating the Vikings. What are we talking? So, Steve Young, Jerry Rice?
3: It was a bunch of incomplete passes, which I don't I'm not I, I'm not sure I entirely understand. Uh, but it eventually went into just running and the Vikings taking timeouts and getting a whole bunch of first downs.
1: So so the the one I wanted to bring up was uh, the Bengals one from 1995. The Vikings go out to a 24 three lead. So they had a 21 point lead at halftime. Right. Um, And then they don't score another point. Right. So uh, in the, in the third quarter, they end up scoring two touchdowns, 14 points. Uh, Eric B is carrying the ball. You know? Hilarious. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so it's it's 2417 at the top of the fourth quarter. Uh, and then Jeff Blake leads two comeback drives, one of them for. And remember, this is 1995. He sets up a 51 yard field goal attempt. No chance in in 1995. No chance. That's like 61 now. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Jeff, of course, Blake he goes against the Vikings. Jeff Blake finished, so, so this is like Warren Moon, right? This is the Warren Moon Vikings. Warren Moon finishes with an astounding passer rating of 96.5. Because again, 1995, it's a killer passer rating. Yeah. Jeff Blake finishes with a 69.9 nice passer rating in a comeback win against the Vikings, where the final drive, is, like I said, is this 51-yard field goal that uh, only gets set up because the Vikings just cannot, get out of their way and they keep throwing the ball with the, with a lead at the end and stopping the clock. Like it's like, do it's you, nine. Do they you guys ball, realize between a Reese game the ball, and, and, and then Luke's game the
2: that happened in back-to-back weeks? Those were the final two games, week well, 16 games and 17 to fall to eight and eight. Yeah. Um,
0: wow. Let me give you my, and this is
1: wow. the one I was thinking of 94. By the way, that was a nine minute drive to end the game for the Bengals to set up. How do you oh like, my gosh, the like nine they, minute they, drill insane. Yeah, those Denny defenses were special. Yeah, they drove um, with thirty. They drove sixty yards in nine minutes. Not bad. How? Not bad. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll try to top it with this
0: Patriots game. Vikings lead twenty to nothing. Wait, is this ninety-five? This is ninety-four. Okay. Vikings up twenty nothing at Foxborough against Parcells and Bledsoe. Sound familiar? They don't score again. Patriots rattle off 26 in a row to oh win God. in overtime. Drew Bledsoe, 45 of 70, 426, three touchdowns. Wow. To spear,
2: what? To 70 so in 1994? 70? 70? What? They had, oh, I got the box score pulled up. They had 12 rushes that game. Two of them were for, from Bledsoe. So they had real, 10 real runs that game. That's insane, man. Unbelievable. Fun. Okay, I, just, um, I just realized the Vikings ran a
1: one minute, 13 play drive at the end of that Bengals game. One minute, 13 plays. Fascinating. How? Was this, <laughs> was this Bob Schnelker? Is this Schnelker's fault? Uh, I don't was- this
3: would have been <laughs> after Schnell. Yeah, it was after oh. Schnell. Yeah. This was Billick? Billick, probably, yeah. Yeah, that
1: would make 95. sense. 95? Yeah. yeah. Ninety-five. But yeah, I just yeah, like to well because because they, they were addicted to throwing well, they had Warren Moon. They were addicted to throwing the ball. They also oh, had boy. like two penalties that put them back. Um uh, and, uh, yeah, my, that's gotta
3: be penalties and incomplete passes. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot out, of like.
1: incomplete passes. There's, um, two penalties that, so, so, uh, first down, second down, first down, second down, first down, second down, first down penalty, first down penalty. First down, penalty so it's like first in, in 20. Uh, and so they have to throw it and, you know, they, they miss a line, so they call their own timeout. Is there Bengals anything better the than out. reminiscing about the year No, the Vikings call the timeout because they miss a Oh, I, well,
2: I, I got to pull up. I see both Bengals and the Vikings. The Bengals, the Bengals also call the timeout, but the Vikings but yes. calling a timeout on their kill the clock Correct. ride
1: yeah. is astounding.
3: In like, in like 20 years, there's gonna be a, I don't know, like a top cast. I don't know what they'll call them in 20 years about this Chargers game. Going, okay, you're never gonna believe this. Two different times there was eight. a tip. And they both ended up in the hands of a church. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Record scratch. Hey, a You're third time it how ended how up in here. the hands of Jordan Addison. He just you know didn't.
0: <laughs> wow. Why did thirty-one seconds go off the clock between that that first down conversion and then the interception? Yeah.
3: The internet um, will be way more regulated. There'll be, it'll be really hard to find replays. Oh, good. Yeah. You'll have to pay to like watch old
0: highlights yeah. on like the NFL YouTube account
3: you can pay like per. Yeah
0: for yeah. YouTube
2: video. So who who's, who's going to get the subscription and then borrow us there. Share password. the password. They'll have Oh no,
1: they'll be they'll be ah, very good, really good at cracking protections down against on password that. sharing.
2: Yeah. 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 Netflix is
1: leading the way. <laughs> Starting the trend. Yeah.
0: Let's uh let's circle back to the here and now as fun as this is and uh we'll just we'll entertain the the cousins trade talk. People are talking about it. Might be nonsense, but we will uh we will indulge Uh, After I just remind folks to subscribe here at Locked on Sports Minnesota, find us free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on Amazon Fire Roku Sirius XM app and soon coming to the News On app, a 24-7 live stream. Very, very exciting news here at Locked on Sports Minnesota. Um, All right. Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Everybody's floating it. Now I mean, the Jets are pitiful, miserable, awful. I did something really dumb, and I bet on them in our parlay to score 17 <laughs> points.
2: What was I thinking? Against Belichick?
3: Yeah, that the was defense bad. Was, I get it. Like, you'd think 17 can't
2: be that I hard. know. tempting. I know. It's so tempting. 17 points. Come on. That was bad.
3: One Mac Jones, oopsie doodle, and you're, you got seven yeah, out of Yeah, defensive you
0: know?
2: touchdown, special Let, team, whatever.
0: Let's ignore the finances of it. Let's just focus on this question. Would Kirk Cousins waive the no trade clause? Because it starts and stops there. So if a trade is in place, and let's fast forward a couple more weeks, let's say the Jets are now the Jets have to feel like they have a chance too, right? Like if they're one and five, they're probably not climbing out of that. So if they're two and three, and the Vikings are 0 oh and five, and trade is on the table, uh, Luke, is Cousins green lighting that trade?
2: You know, first of all, I think about this Jets Aaron Rodgers trade and now that that pick is gonna go from a first to a second, but I don't think they can trade that first round pick yet in the middle of the season. I don't season, think they're right? allowed to, no. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to I don't to, think they so can I...
3: trade either. So you you can't okay. get their first round. So order those are frozen second. you have to find a yeah. different
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean it, Cousins, I mean, what's the pace at? It's 6,000 yards, 51 touchdowns. Yeah, I know it's a small sample size, but like, why the heck would he want out of this, man? I, I Go start all over with a new system, new playbook in the middle of the season with far less talent and weapons. I just, I, no chance, man. 1% chance, maybe. Um, I know we're 0-3 and the stats and all the history says like we're toast. And they might be, who knows? I don't know, But but there's 17 games now. So you get that extra game. That means there's, I think it's like 81 or 82% of their schedule still remaining. That's like the twins giving up in early May because they went three and 18 their first three weeks. You know what I mean? I think there's just too much football left for Kirk or anyone to like bail out and jump ship. Not to mention he's got the best weapons. I mean, arguably right. He's got the mm-hmm. best passing weapons in the league. So I say no chance. He greenlight any type of trade, whether uh, it's the jets or anybody.
1: Well, So, I mean, um, I think the Jets in particular, right? Because what are the odds that he gets a long-term deal with the Jets? Zero. Right. Aaron Rodgers is there. Mm-hmm. Why right. would he... Like, you wouldn't sign... An ex- I think any place that you float for Kirk Cousins being traded to, there needs to be of some viability for a long-term extension. A long-term, fully guaranteed extension, because it, it's Cousins, right? So, that's ground floor. That's where you have to start. And I don't think that that's happening. But also... I don't think the Vikings are doing it, right? Like, yeah, okay, yeah, they're 0-3. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. Like, no matter what you say about, you know, how pathetic you think this team is and maybe you're right or how, you know, impossible it is to make the playoffs from 0-3 and maybe you're right, that's not how the ownership thinks and that's not how the coaching staff thinks. Like, whether or not we're correct about how hopeless things are about the Vikings and honestly – I still think they've got a shot to make the playoffs. I think they're much better than an 0-3 team typically is, which is obviously the swan song you hear from every podcast of an 0-3 team. But, you know, uh, I I think there's some pretty good underlying numbers that suggest as much at least. Um, Whether or not that's true or false, the Vikings don't act like it's true. The Vikings have historically, and especially under the Wills, made sure that they are always competitive, that there's always an attempt to make the playoffs, to always be in the mix. And right now, even at 0-3, there's a possibility they can win the division. There's a possibility that they're in the mix, right? I don't think that they're willing to give it up. And I think that you'd have to get basically to the trade deadline before they're mathematically eliminated, before there's a possibility that they're mathematically eliminated, And even then, I don't know that they would trade anybody, but also by then the Jets will have had to have made their move. Right. So I I just don't Mm -hmm. think from a cousin's perspective that he would want to do it because there's no possibility of an extension Um, from a Vikings perspective that they'd want to do it. Or I don't think it even makes sense. Right. Like even if it even if both the even if both cousins and yeah, I think even if both cousins and the Vikings were being irrational, I don't think they would be in this situation. You got to compete. You got to try.
3: Yeah. There's so many of, yeah, go ahead. On this. Go ahead. There's so many deadbolts on this yeah. that prevent it from ever happening. There's uh the the first and second round pick for the Jets being frozen, which means you have to either settle for 2025 picks or you have to say, "Yeah, we'll do it for a third. and it's like now you're not getting your value. There is what Arif just said about Kirk Cousins probably not wanting to do that, not wanting to go to a place where he's not going to be the long-term guy, not wanting to just kind of like uproot everything in the season to go play for a different bad team. There Um and learn a
1: system. If he had, if he had played with, yeah, him, with system. Full, like m- maybe not really, but like yeah. that improves the odds, Tyler like,
2: Conklin yeah. <laughs> chemistry. We're coming.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Like, there's, there's
2: just so much dark. that Tell
3: prevents me. this from ever being a reasonable idea, not to mention the money of it all. Um, yeah. So here's here, let me do this. Let me uh, pitch you a different one that that feels like it doesn't have a lot of the same issues. Sure. Just
1: real quick. I want to point out there's not a ton of places where you can say, hey, I'm going to Garrett Wilson. And that's a pretty big downgrade. But, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He's a stud.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. And I think the the other thing is, yeah, like like Arif was getting at, Like they maybe you don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs anymore, or maybe a better way to put it is you think their chances to make the playoffs are too small to take seriously. Sure, whatever probabilistic analysis, but they have an opportunity to come back. It may be their chances are bad, but it's an opportunity, and they're not going to squander an opportunity. Um, that's just not how people in NFL organizations are wired. Uh, you tend don't, to be wired. Yeah, I, I'm there's uh, Stephen Ross's sometimes mm-hmm. that litigation is pending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, leave, by the way, honor. can you we'll
1: imagine asking a Brian Flores? Coach That's what I'm saying. Hang? Like, my Jesus, God. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, <laughs> he'll quit, like, he'll just leave and... <laughs> and burn the whole org. And this time, he'll, oh, keep yeah, all the texts.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you don't have it's shot. in the cloud, man. It's in the cloud, <laughs> like.
3: I think it's really easy for us to kind of say, you know, nobody's going to predict that the Vikings will make the playoffs, right? Nobody's going to say, I think that they will, but they could. You can, They could win the next three games. Why not, right? Underdogs win. Sure. They so, you like, could win the next the three Panthers games and then up, suddenly, right? yeah, like, upset the Chiefs. Do it. You know, that's all it
0: takes. It'll be three or three. Truly. Yeah. Win. The path is there. It, the is, schedule it is very the, easy after to after figure out ch- what the path
1: is. Yeah. The the Chiefs after the had Chiefs, never had an undefeated season. They're not invincible.
2: Yeah, We're coming. Yeah. We're, no, you're not after, the bears <laughs> after the chiefs and the niners. And plus you got Carolina and, and obviously Chicago in between there. It's pretty soft, man. I mean, green Bay, Atlanta, new Orleans, Denver, Chicago, again, Las Vegas. And then you end with those three division games. They haven't played one division game yet. So it's uh, super no typical
3: for a team, unless you're like Arizona and you went into the season going, this one's lost. Um, It's super, super atypical for anybody but the bottom, like, two teams in the league to start acting like fire sale mode unless they're already mathematically eliminated and they're, like, 0-7. It's a way different culture than if you'd say the NBA. In the NBA trade deadline, you kind of make this determination about your season. And, yeah, we could maybe push and maybe we could get into a play-in and not win it. and, and Or, you know what, let's just sell off our things and try to get drafted. And... The, the NFL, there's a lot of market reasons why it just doesn't work the same way. Um, but it's also, there's just not as many opportunities in the NFL. Every season is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. As a head coach, what do you get on average? Three of them? Yeah, you're going to piss one of them away because it started a little bit boo y Get out of here. <laughs>
0: boo Braun is just full of amazing rants oh, the last two days. I, I do think this is maybe I'm a sick the I'm,
3: I'm sick of the quitters. Get yeah, your quitters and losers.
0: I think a Daniel trade would be on the table. That's all i that's all I was
2: gonna add. You, you'd have
3: to be like way worse than now. You'd have to lose the next four or five, and then we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and if that's you're trading
2: like Daniel, then like is everybody on the right table? Now? Yeah. Like like this is a flawed the team for sure, <laughs> far from perfect. But like every team in the NFL is flawed. You got salary cap injuries, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think you throw away a season where you got JJ. Hunter, Derisop, Ryan O'Neal, Cousins, Hawkinson, all that stuff in their prime, no less. Plus, there's help coming, too, right? Davenport, sounds like he may be coming back next week. Dalton Reisner, Cam Akers, like nobody's given up yet. I'll tell you that. Not inside yeah. that building.
1: I, when you say there's help coming and then you list those three names, <laughs> I, I actually feel worse than when, before the sentence. Well, you don't. <laughs> have, I'm not sure all three of those guys are going to start.
2: Like, I, I think,
1: I'm like pretty sure all three won't. Well, Marcus will yeah okay.
2: The, yeah. <laughs> so we got uh, one for sure, one 150 50,
1: and one like, I don't know I, look, do I, there's no I'm not confident Cam Akers is starting no we'll, shot 0%. yeah. but um, yeah, maybe Dalton, I, I still don't uh, know if he'll maybe. do it this week. like I think it, it's still aggressive to give it two weeks, right? like maybe by by week, uh, was it five? No, six, maybe by week six, but like, really, God. you think it'll take that long?
2: What it's do
1: you guys weird. say? What do you two think?
3: I think it's sooner. I I think I think you can do it next week honestly. Okay, yeah, I would honestly. worse, I, man. If, and and, if, and, like, and everybody He's worked with Chris Cooper, he, I, he yeah, it's true. zone running like he knows that kind of uh framework well ish enough. I think it oh, was hey, a lot to get great. in on like a Tuesday and play on a Sunday, but guys have done that. It's um, true. didn't Jake Long do it? Do that at least some reps.
1: And he played really well, and he played good, didn't he? Yeah, Killy Jake longed it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, this uh, is a nice little tradition where the PFF grades drop at about eleven thirty a.m. Yeah, so, under
1: pressure, only twenty six point five percent of the time. I disagree with that. I think he's under pressure more often and just got out of it. But guess who was under pressure
0: twenty times? Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Hit seven more. Um, which is not the same number ESPN had. So I don't know how it all gets calculated because they had thirteen.
3: I think they have different timing. Standards, because mm-hmm. I, I think that'll come yeah. down to at what point did you hold the ball like long enough where it counts as you didn't get pressured?
1: Yeah, they have uh they have eighteen dropbacks under pressure, thirty two point seven percent dropback That doesn't sound right. It sounds like you and I think
3: 40. ESPN just does like did you get a yard away from the QB? Where PFF does yeah, it hold my like, card? PFF pressure numbers are very weird to me.
1: This game,
2: Ed Ingram, Ed, the third Ingram highest ex- player on offense,
0: but six pressures allowed, and his pass <laughs> oh gosh, grade was yeah. abysmal. Oh, All yeah, his run J. J. blocking J. grade Ingram is phenomenal, Ezra.
1: which you know, I guess. Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, on, on some of the successful runs in the first quarter, I thought he was losing, and Madison got out of his way. So, this is that's just kind of interesting. I didn't really pay much attention to his run blocking after that, but like that, that is an interesting set of grades for sure.
0: Byron Murphy, your MVP. Gives up 10 of 14 for 185, 15 yards, average depth of target, which seems uh kind of downfield. 41. 137 One. passer
2: rating.
1: 41.1 PFF
2: grade. Darisaw Osborne Hawkinson, bottom three on offense. Okay.
1: Okay, so I actually um thought Brian O'Neill had a very bad game, and nobody wants to talk about it because we all love our tackles. Um I'm very I don't know if if glad, but I I feel justified in that he did not get a very good grade on this game, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. as bad as I thought, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Ivan Pace Jr. balls out yet again.
1: Yeah.
3: He's very good, but you can't ask him to do everything. Yeah, we learned that against Philly. Yeah. Apparently, when you have him one-on-one a guard and try to hold his spot, that doesn't go great.
1: So Cleveland was good at pass blocking. Schlotman was good at pass blocking. Derrissaw was good at pass blocking, but not run blocking, which is why he ends up with the lowest grade out of all Mm. the offensive uh, offensive linemen, which is Mm. interesting. Uh, And then Brian O'Neill was okay at both and ends up with a poor grade.
2: Mm.
1: Ed Ingram is the only one with a substantially negative pass blocking grade, and he ends up with the second highest overall grade. They've always had that where like
3: their run block grades seem to drive it way more than their pass yeah, block right. grades, which is so very weird. funny coming from PFF. Right?
2: Yeah,
1: it's so weird. But yeah, Ed Ingram's pass block grade is catastrophically bad. So is notably Ty Chandler's, which I think explains a lot. Right? Like mm-hmm. he's not someone you can trust in pass protection. I, it's someone pass has block like a
3: thing about Cam makers is that he's good at pass pro. Yeah, and I remember like I was, like I was reading reputation. this
1: this thread. First of all, the thread mentioned that the Vikings were in a soft zone the entire time, which is they were just in off covers. That's not what, what? that is. Um, so, no, they were not in a soft zone. Oh. But second, they mentioned that Ty Chandler was really good at pass protection. And I was like, what Wait. in the world are you talking about? Anyway, turns out he's bad at it. Hmm.
2: And we know Kene is not very good at just the whole passing situation as well, right? Yeah, the whole the whole deal, the
1: whole and getting on the field. But yeah, Yeah.
2: Um,
0: Miles Gaskin wishes he was back in Miami. Holy cow, (laughs) seventy
3: points! He could have got in in that game. He could have had four touchdowns. Yeah, he could have suited him up at halftime
2: and said. (laughs) There's, there's,
1: there's one of two games in NFL history where two running backs had four touchdowns from the same team.
2: The greatest part about that oh, entire yeah. game wasn't what actually happened on the field, but was <laughs> happened after when Chris Thomason poked the bear with Sean Payton and asked him, yeah. Hey, how do you feel about this historic loss? Well, he did the Chris Thomason thing where he sets up
1: all of the facts of the question <laughs> before he asked the question and Sean Payton had no time for it. He's like, you know, hey, what's 70 the question? Points. <laughs> what's the question? 70 points. I'm aware. I already answered. Uh se- second most points given up in NFL history. I know. Uh so 70 points. What's the
2: question? I just answered it.
1: How do you how do you I, how do you feel about I already told you how
2: I feel? So great, dude. It's only week people, three, man. <laughs> it's only gonna get better. I've
3: seen a bunch of people be like, Man, I wish Thomason was in the in the locker room or in the in the press conference after this Vikings game, or I wish he was there to ask McDaniels about you know kicking that field goal. It's like, no, no, no. He's exactly where he needed to no, be. No, this is why yeah, he That left, is just what because, needed Thomason. Yeah, he, his mark
0: was Mike Zimmer, and Mike Zimmer is not around anymore. Now there's a patient coach who's not going to snap. He needed
3: to yeah. find. And you know, Mike Zimmer has told Sean Payton about this, this
0: reporter oh, that's
1: coming to Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> no, this is, you're absolutely
0: right. This is, in. let's enjoy this from afar. Um, because Payton is, after reading that feature on him that um, Wickersham did, I just find him to be such a compelling character.
1: Sean Payton? Even in more...
0: St- yeah. Uh, parlays via FanDuel. We have our first winner, and his name is Luke Braun. Chiefs, minus 12.5. Jefferson TD hits at plus 260, 100 bucks. Puts him in in This is my place. Jefferson Rager mode. Well done. Marif could have had it. Well done. Yep. Well done. Arif, you can win tonight with Eagles minus four and a half and a Hertz TD. Inman, you missed on the Olave touchdown anytime. 10 catches. He's got he like 30 catches this two. year. Get,
2: get the end zone,
1: great. man.
3: But he didn't get in the end zone?
1: Yeah.
2: No. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I nailed my Patriots minus two and a half. That was a breeze. No problem. Yeah, he had, this, he had this
1: astounding one arm catch, yeah. like way out ahead of him. He extends it out, right? Grabs it, walks out of bounds of the two.
2: <laughs> You're killing me.
1: <laughs> Did, uh, did Keenan
0: Allen score yesterday? I don't think so. Would, would a passing touchdown constitute an anytime nope. touchdown? Nope. Okay. No. Because Ron Johnson had a five-leg parlay <gasps> that hinged on, I think he needed a Keenan Allen touchdown. Oh. No. And he hit the
2: other four? I think he did. I thi- uh, oh, that's dirty. 18 catches? Nasty. Oh. Can't get in the end zone. So wow. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll. go. Go back and check. But it was for sure. Herbert and Cousins, three hundred yards plus each. Jefferson, one ten. Jefferson, TD. I think. And Man. Allen, TD.
3: Wow. Yeah. No touchdown.
0: Yeah.
2: What a crazy um, game. Fun game.
0: That's rough. That was crazy. And we didn't even talk about Brandon Staley. Not only the fourth and one. Not only the fourth and one, but not calling his timeouts. I thought during the whole like sequence that we, you know, discussed Yeah. Agnesium, yeah. Like, that was interesting. Arguably, arguably the Vikings should have been bailed out from that by Los Angeles doing the right
3: thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, the process time. of That is insane. Cause you're trusting your defense and it's like the worst passing defense in the league. And you're just trusting them.
2: And you're, guess, you're like, oh, or two other will, times earlier in the red yeah, zone, your offense Got a been, drill
3: interception. He saw it coming.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> But your offense has been moving the ball at will, like you. You feel good if you give them thirty seconds that you're going to get into field goal range, and they would not have left themselves that opportunity. So stay. You're not going to miss you a field goal, goal like in U.S. Bank Stadium, right? You got to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. you can't be
3: a Chargers quarterback or a Chargers coach and not intimately know all the curses.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, poor preparation on Staley's part.
0: Did Arif? Did you? Uh, what'd you think of the? I haven't seen any of the bots like tweeting out what the the play was for Staley on the fourth and one, but what, what'd you think of that move?
1: Uh, the bot said, go for it. Makes that sense. was crazy to me. The bot said, go for it. So like the thing of course, is that if you go for it and succeed, you win the game. If you don't go for it, you still have an opportunity to prevent the Vikings touchdown, right? Like that's the, that's the, yeah. basically the reasoning behind it. Right. Um, is that whatever the odds are of going for it, you, those are the winning odds. Plus whatever odds, the Vikings don't score. Um, personally you know despite the the and it was a strong go for it from the bots personally i i would have i would have ignored the bot in that situation and you know me i'm a i'm a i'm an android right big i love bot these guy guys. yeah big, big bot guy. guy um i would have punted um but yeah like i i get it and i'm a little bit more sympathetic to it but it's just like
2: Hey, oh what what the bots <laughs> say, what the bots say on KOC's fourth and six? The cojones to go for that. Bots said go for it. Okay. Um right. which
1: also I wouldn't say surprised me, but I, you know, um, I don't think it was as strong a go for it as the fourth and one. <laughs> for and if, yeah, I get it for sure. Well, you I, I kind of for the same
3: reason, I would I don't want that defense on the field with mm-hmm. the game on the line. And I will absolutely try to seize an opportunity to prevent that. Yeah. If I'm punting it away, I don't think that that field position goes very far because my passing defense mm-hmm. sucks.
2: Um, I asked uh, Sam and Luke their feelings on this yesterday on the postcast, but Arif, what what was your emotions when KJ Osborne dove into the end zone? That was so, and cool, you man. saw that ball explode up into the air and like into the stands. Where you're like, no way.
1: That was it's uh, fine, he,
2: right? No, he, he no, nah, it was fine. <laughs> it's,
3: it's super sick now, but there's a moment where you're like, <gasps> For half half
2: second.
1: Yeah. yeah, I get it, I get it, but like. He needed that. Yeah, <laughs> he needed
0: yeah. That. I mean, this is a Thursday conversation, but I mean, Addison continues to to outshine as a receiver. I see the the benefits Osborne of the was run blocking. A killer run blocker. The yeah, run he blocking was. is yeah. outstanding. He was. That that
3: bubble yeah. screen they did behind uh, Jordan Addison as a blocker. I think we got well, uh maybe can't just get more reps.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do feel like really good about my. Preseason prediction that Osborne has more snaps and Addison has more yards. I feel,
2: oh, that's right on track right way. now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you, you're nailing that. Yeah. The man That'll be a Thursday walk.
0: conversation for sure. Uh, we'll get Ron Johnson in the mix. We'll preview the Adam Thielen grudge match and maybe an Andy Dalton. Another week for Another Andy eight, Dalton. Oh, Jesus. We can't we had that. Guy. Luke had that in London last year with the double doink. Um, that might be the Vikings' ticket to a victory. We'll talk about that next show on Thursday. Before then, Ron Johnson on Tuesday. Uh, Luke and I will have the mailbag with Reggie on Wednesday. So plenty more content to come here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Thanks, Arif. Thanks, Luke Braun. Check out Lockdown Vikings. Check out the wide left substack. And check out all of Luke Inman's work on the postcasts. Go back and watch yesterday's It Was Heated. I'm Sam Ekstrom saying goodbye for today on the Minnesota Football Party Hopefully better news next week.